from today is, is Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. I encourage you to follow along on the screen, or if you have a Bible, to open up, or if you have it on your, your Bible app on your phone, to follow along there as well. Proverbs, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. And, and just a word, especially for the kids today, uh, the theme today is wisdom. So I encourage you to listen during the scripture, but also during the sermon. How many times do I say the words wise or, or wisdom? It's a challenge to you today. So let's try it. Chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. May God add his blessing to the reading of the word this morning. Well, since it's Father's Day, I thought it would be appropriate to start with a few bad dad jokes. Okay, so bear, bear with me. Um, they often say puns are the highest level of intelligence as far as jokes, so I'm counting on that. So we're going to start with a few jokes. Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Great food, no atmosphere. Okay. Um, what did the grape do when he got stepped on? He let out a little wine. Okay, sorry. Um, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? A stick. Okay, and my personal favorite, you have to think about this one. An egg and a piece of bacon walk into a bar and order drinks. Bartender says, sorry, we don't serve food. You get it? Okay, all right. Okay. All righty. Today we are starting a series that's going to be running through the rest of the summer. Um, and I'm excited about it because this series, is, is the theme is, is how do we live a life that honors God, a successful life? How do we get our acts together uh, and continue to keep our act together? And, and there's only one way the Bible tells us to do that consistently over the long haul, and that is to, to gain and to apply wisdom, in particular, God's wisdom, biblical wisdom. And so we're going to be looking um, at the book of Proverbs. And during the course of the next several weeks, we'll be looking at how can we apply the wisdom that we find in the book of Proverbs to all sorts of areas in our lives, our, our relationships with friends or, 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 or spouses or kids, uh, our finances, our work, uh, conflict resolution, and so on and so forth. Uh, and so our source for this book or for this series is going to be the book of Proverbs. Now, for a few words about Proverbs. Uh, as you probably know, the book of Proverbs is, is a series of, of pithy sayings, short statements. If you do this, you'll get this. If you don't do this, you won't get this, and so on and so forth. It's all about, about all sorts of topics. And a couple of things to remember is, is that the, the book of Proverbs isn't necessarily a book of promises. Now, often, if we do the things that are described in the scriptures, it turns out the way it says. But as we know, we live in a fallen world, right? There's no formula that guarantees that um, we're going to be healthy and wealthy and live a long life. There's no formula that guarantees that our kids are going to turn out right or that our marriage is going to be wonderful. We live in a fallen world. We are fallen people. But the book of Proverbs really is more about 
um, observations, God's wisdom, Solomon's wisdom uh, about how life works in general and how God designed life to work and how it's supposed to work. So with that in mind, let's just dig in. About uh, 10, 15 years ago, there's a young man um, named Adam Brown. And he's graduated from high school. He's getting ready to go to college. And his dad decided he wanted to write down the most important things, his advice, his, the most important things he thought that his son should know as he moved into adulthood. And he put this advice in the form of a, a little booklet, and a booklet was eventually published, and you've probably heard of it. The title is Life's Little Instruction Book. It sold millions of copies. Well, approximately 3,000 years ago, King Solomon did the same thing. He was the wisest man to ever live, the Bible tells us. More about that in a second. And he compiled a collection of wisdom that he'd accumulated over the years as the king, but also as a father and just a person living in the world. And he compiled this collection, he accumulated it, and he presented this collection to his son, too, for this purpose, it says, right from the beginning, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. And he says, let the wise listen and add their learning, let the discerning get guidance. So Solomon's purpose is right up front. He's put together this, these proverbs, these observations of life what he's learned about God and the world and how it all works. And he puts it together for the purpose of his son. Solomon knows his reign is going to end soon. His life will end. And he's trying to prepare his son to rule wisely and well. And so he hands him this, this collection of wisdom that God inspired him to share, uh, sort of a, the original life's little instruction book. Now, the background about Solomon is in chapter three of verse, excuse me, chapter three of first Kings. We, we hear the story about Solomon. It's a it's a really cool story. God appears to Solomon in dreams. Solomon has just started his reign. His dad, David, has died. Israel's greatest king, and he's got big shoes to fill. And God appears to him in a dream and says, ask for whatever you want me to give you. And it's yours. And Solomon responds to God with these words. Give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. In other words, give me wisdom so I can do what's right for my people, the people of Israel. He asked for wisdom. The Bible says God was pleased with Solomon's request and said this. Since you have asked for wisdom and not for a long life or wealth or power over your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. Plus, I will give you what you didn't ask for, wealth, honor, and a long life. So God gives Solomon wisdom, and Solomon passes that wisdom on to us in this book of Proverbs. Now, you walk into a, a big bookstore, like a Barnes & Noble. I was in one recently. Uh, I love bookstores, and, and all these different sections. And, of course, one of the biggest sections is what? The, the, the advice section, the, the how-to section, how to... You know, have a better marriage, how to raise perfect kids, how to make a lot of money, how to influence people, and so on and so forth, how to get healthy, all these different things. And there's a lot of good advice, but some of it's just kind of hit and miss. It really isn't real helpful. But when we get our advice from the Bible, it will prove right every single time. The Bible draws a clear distinction between the wisdom of the world and God's wisdom. Proverbs says this, there is a way that seems right 
to a man, but in the end it leads to death. You know, one of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld, George Costanza. Remember George? He's Jerry's best friend, kind of a lovable loser. And um, he's tired of being a loser. He kind of comes to an epiphany. He's in his mid-30s. He's unemployed. He's living with his parents. He's desperately single. He's broke. And he's sitting with his friends in the coffee shop where they would often talk about you know, all sorts of silly things. And he realizes that he's gotten into this place in life by following his natural instinct. And his natural instinct has brought him nothing but misery. So George decides that from now on, he is going to do the opposite of his first instinct. And so he says, I normally order tuna on white bread. Today I order salmon on whole wheat. And throughout the rest of the episode, he does the opposite of what his natural instinct is. And by the end of the show, his life has turned around. He's dating the woman of his dreams. He's got a job with the New York Yankees. He's moved out of his parents and he's living in an apartment in Manhattan. All because he stopped following his natural instinct and started doing the opposite. Now, this is a silly sitcom. It's supposed to be. But there is a hint of truth. There is a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it leads to death. Our our natural tendency as human beings, let's face it, isn't usually towards wisdom, is it? It's part of being a fallen creature of our sin nature. Our tendency is towards foolishness. And if we follow our natural instincts throughout life, we'll find that many of the things that seem like a good idea at the time prove to be miserable choices. So in order to succeed and thrive in life, we need God's wisdom. And Proverbs shows us how to get it and how to apply it on the most basic of levels. And one of the things I love about Proverbs is it's, you know, it's, it's very straightforward. There aren't any deep theological concepts you have to think through. There, there are no obscure philosophical ideas, no hard to pronounce names. It's simply verse after verse, page after page of plain, straightforward, practical wisdom. And so today we're going to do sort of an overview of, of, of the book of Proverbs, this concept of wisdom, what it is, how do we get it to work in our lives. And then in the following weeks we'll apply it to specific areas. So first, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to make good decisions about what to do, about what not to do, about what to say, not to say, about when to take action, how to take action. It's the ability to make good decisions. Now, there's a lot of smart people in the world, but being smart and being wise aren't always the same thing. If you know the right thing, you're intelligent. If you know the right thing and choose to do it, you're wise. And the Bible says if you know the right thing to do, but you don't do it, you're foolish, no matter how smart you are. And so as we develop wisdom, the difference it will make in our lives is that it will give us the ability to make good decisions. And that's not based on intellect. So wisdom is the ability to make good decisions. Let's look at some benefits of wisdom before we look about how we can begin to get it started applied in our lives. Wisdom has 10 benefits. Don't worry, I'm not going to have 
uh, five ten-minute points, um, or the other way around, ten five-minute points. Uh, but we're going to take a few minutes and look at the benefits of wisdom before we move on to how can we apply it in our lives. First, there's perception. Wisdom gives us an accurate perception of life, doesn't it? When you're wise, when you have God, you get God's perspective. You understand what's important in life, what to value, what not to value. Wisdom gives us an accurate, accurate perception of life. It says this in Proverbs 2, Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Secondly, prevention. Wisdom will prevent us from engaging in self-destructive behavior. Pretty obvious, right? Proverbs 2, wisdom will save you from the ways of the wicked. Proverbs 3, then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. Wisdom prevents us from doing self-destructive, stupid things. Third, prolong. Wisdom will prolong your life. Proverbs 3, keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years. Long life is in her, her referring to wisdom, in her right hand. For through me your days will be many and years will be added to your life. Now, again, not a guarantee, but how does wisdom add years to our lives? Well, if a person believes that God is in control, that God has a plan and purpose, if they have that perspective... Studies show that those who meditate and pray on a regular basis, stress is lowered. They live longer and healthier lives. Having, ad, having wisdom adds years to our life. And as the cliche goes, it adds life to our years. Peace. As we develop wisdom, we will enjoy a life of peace. Proverbs 3. Her ways, again wisdom, are pleasant ways. And all her paths our peace. Wisdom brings peace of mind. Prosperity. Don't, don't read me wrong here. Doesn't mean we're going to become Warren Buffett. Wisdom will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Long life is in her right hand, and in her right, left hand are riches and honor. In other words, wisdom helps us to make good choices regarding our finances, what we do with them, what, what, our understanding of what, who they belong to, and how we use them. Next would be poise. Wisdom gives us quiet confidence. Proverbs 3, have no fear of sudden disaster, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your feet from being snared. Seventh, protection. Wisdom will keep us safe. Proverbs 4, do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Precision. Wisdom gives us the ability to take the right number of steps in the right direction at the right pace. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Two more. Prudence. We don't use the word prudence very often, but the book of Proverbs uses it over a dozen times. When I hear the word prudence, I always think of Dana Carvey's skit about George, you know, George Bush. Remember that? Sorry, not alive. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. Prudence means caution. It means um, discretion, good sense. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. And finally, wisdom pays. It rewards those who know and apply it. If you are wise, your wisdom 
will reward you. So those are the benefits of wisdom. But let's get into where does wisdom begin? This is the most important thing I want you to remember today. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's said a couple different places in Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What does that mean? Well, it means that we have an understanding of who God is, that he's holy and righteous and perfect and powerful and just, and he's good and gracious and loving, and we have an awe and a reverence, and we humble ourselves, and we bend our knee, and we submit ourselves to him. And we understand that everything we are and everything we have comes from him, and that we rely upon his grace, that we trust in his love for us, and that without him we are lost. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the wisest thing we will ever do is to give God the place he deserves in our lives, to put him first, to choose him to be the Lord of our life. That is where the path to wisdom begins. So finally, in the last few minutes, there are three things that we can do to put wisdom to work in our lives today. Now, now wisdom is a process, right? And we often think, well, those who are older are, are wiser. Often that's the case, not always, though. But we can benefit from wisdom right now. Hopefully, as we grow older, we grow wiser. We can benefit from it starting today. Even up to this moment, you have been a, a fool in some area of your life. You can start putting God's wisdom to work today. Because there are three things that will help us to do that. First, the Bible says you reap what you sow. God cannot be mocked. You reap what you sow. In other words, we must believe that thoughts and behavior have consequences and produce resulting or corresponding results. So, for instance, when you get up this morning, maybe you made yourself a cup of coffee and you poured in some uh, some sugar and cream. What you did not add, you did not add bleach because you know that if you do, the consequences are not good. That same belief you have in the consequences of drinking something toxic can be applied to the other areas of your life. I mean, the reason we do some of the stupid things we do is because we don't believe in the consequences. We, we say we might, but we keep doing it over and over because we think it's not going to affect me. It affects them, but it hasn't affected me yet. I'm going to get away with it. Or I'll stop doing it at some point in the future. For instance, we think we can eat pizza and ice cream without gaining weight. I went to the doctor the other day. Everything's great except my cholesterol isn't where it's supposed to be. And so I'm learning I cannot eat junk food a lot. The consequences of our choices. We, can, we think maybe we can smoke a couple packs a day and not lose a lung. Guess what? Eventually that might happen. We think we can yell and scream at our kids and still be a positive influence at them. Or we can neglect our marriage and think it won't affect us long term. But our actions always have consequences sooner or later. We reap what we sow. Solomon made reference to this, this nature we have, this foolish disregard of consequences when he said this, Can a man scoop fire into his lap? Without his clothes being burned? Proverbs, along with being a book of wisdom, is a book of, of consequences. Now, when I say consequences, it's not just the bad ones. I'm talking about good ones. Our behaviors produce results for better or, or for worse. 
Here are a couple examples. The one who gathers money little by little makes it grow. Compound interest, right? The one who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. You don't work hard. You blow off responsibility. You're probably not going to thrive. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Do nothing but talk. You'll end up poor and struggling. Put actions behind our words and you'll begin to build something for yourself and for others. And so if we want to put God's wisdom to work in our lives, we must believe that everything we do creates a corresponding result. We must believe in consequences. Second, we can learn lessons from the positive and the negative examples around us. We don't have to learn at the school of hard knocks in every area of our lives. We can learn from those around us, both positively and negatively. For example, have you ever done something like this? This would be purely hypothetical, of course. Um, say it's, it's summer in Kansas. It's over 100 degrees. And you go to a ball game to watch a baseball game. And you drop your wife off and you walk over to where she is. She's sitting in the bleachers with a bleacher chair. You left your bleacher chair at home. As you walk up, you're wearing shorts, and she says, careful, the bleachers are really hot. And you think she's exaggerating, and you sit down on the scalding metal, and you realize she wasn't, and she looks at you like you're an idiot. (laughs) Purely hypothetical, of course. We don't have to learn every lesson by personal experience. We can learn from others. We can surround ourselves with people who are wiser than we are, who have learned both positively and negatively Actions have consequences. They've learned what works and what doesn't. Solomon said this in Proverbs 13, the one who walks with the wise grows wise. And so to put God's wisdom to work in our lives, we can tap into the wisdom of others. Thirdly and finally, we can immerse ourselves in God's wisdom. If if we want to know what God wants us to do, we can look at his word. We can read his word. This is what Solomon says. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So I would encourage you as we go through this series over the next several weeks that you read Proverbs. It's very easy to read, 31 chapters, but it's, like I said, very practical stuff. There's some really interesting Proverbs in there um, that we probably will not preach on. Um, one, one that I'd, I'd like to bring up once in a while is um, better to sleep on top of a roof than under it with a grumpy wife. Uh, we will not be preaching on that one today. Um, um, I want to sleep under the roof. But we need to immerse ourselves in God's words, to let them seep into our consciousness, to know it, to apply it, so it shapes our worldview and our values and our perspectives. And I guarantee it will make a difference in the decisions that you make. Now, we've covered a lot of territory. The idea was to lay a foundation for the rest of the series. Because the book of Proverbs, I believe, rightly applied and understood, will help us to get our acts together, to keep our acts together, and to honor God with our lives. Perhaps the wisest words that were ever spoken it could be argued, are these. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. 
we thank you, Father, for the fact that you are not only a loving God, a powerful God, but you are a wise. You are the source of all truth. You are the truth. Lord, you are the, you are the, the author and perfecter of our faith. And you have given us wisdom through your whole word, and especially we look now at the book of Proverbs. Help us to be, Father, people who begin with a, 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 an awe and a reverence and a, a healthy, reverent fear of you, Lord, that we would submit ourselves to you, that we would bend our knee before you, that we would acknowledge everything we have and everything we are comes from you, and that we rely totally upon your love and your grace and your goodness, your faithfulness. So, Lord, help us as we move forward through this series to grow and, and mature and become wiser to not only know the right thing to do, but to become wise and to do it. So we offer ourselves to you now, Lord Jesus, through your name. Amen.